This episode of the Interlude podcast contains discussions of sexual assault and is intended for mature audiences only. These people have imagined what Bigfoot's diet might be uh, simply to try and imagine what Bigfoot's sperm might taste like. I'm a, I have ideas. I, th- I think it's woodsy. You know what I think uh, Bigfoot cum tastes like? Fernet. Hey, this is Grace. And this is Kit. And welcome to The The Interlude, Interlude, the sexiest game of chicken on the internet. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. We've got uh, so many wonderful things for you. So uh, much fun. Just, uh, I had such a ball uh, researching uh, this week's episode, um, and you'll see why. It's just, it's it's one of the greatest American stories. It's just everything America stands for in, in story. So um, I'm really excited about that. But uh, before we start, Kit, why don't you tell uh, tell everyone what we're drinking tonight? So, in honor of this episode's theme, we are drinking uh, an ephemeral, which is some old Tom gin, uh, sweeter gin than your typical London dry or American gin, uh, Dolan Blanc Vermouth, so uh, something similar to yellow chartreuse, uh, you know, Lille Blanc, uh, that, that sort of thing. It's St. Germain elderflower liqueur. It's one of my favorites. And oddly... Uh, some celery bitters, and I know you're not a fan of celery generally. So I hate I'm... celery in all its forms, but it, it also called for a grapefruit wedge, and we just happened to have on hand some homemade candied grapefruit that a friend of ours made for us, and it just adds this nice little pop of color, so I'm definitely going to enjoy this. We're hella fancy, Oh basically. Yes. So, so damn fancy. And what better thing to talk about while being fancy? So tell us about some ephemeral things. I mean, there are lots of things that are ephemeral in this world, like true love and, you know, kind Republicans, you know, things like that. Just things that are fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I can certainly imagine one of those a little more easily than I can the others. Same, same, same mm. with me. But uh, there is a, a very special genre of porn and erotica that I want to explore today um, and that is bigfoot erotica bigfoot oh yes it is a huge genre of erotica i know huge genre genre. it's a very big genre um you know what they say about a sasquatch with big feet i don't i don't think i want to know well we're gonna find out i think we are so lead us down this uh this hole that you have uh traveled down i spent all day researching and it was delightful um so some basics about Bigfoot erotica. It's part of a larger genre of erotica that is called cryptozoological erotica or monster erotica. Uh, so for those who uh, might be, be lacking the Greek necessary to parse the roots out, cryptozoological basically means uh, animals that are hidden. Yes, like cryptids, like a mothman right. or some other examples of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, uh, the jackalope uh, in oh. American mythology. The uh, chupacabra, would chupacabra, you say? The yes. chupacabra. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't roll my R's. So it, just to give you a sense for the scale of this type of erotica, in an article published by Business Insider in 2013, the erotica author Virginia Wade reported making up to $30,000 per month by self-publishing her monster erotica 
on Amazon. She authored a 16-book series called Come for Bigfoot. 16 books. 16 books. After the 16-book run, it was so popular, she went back and wrote a few more. But the initial run of Come for Bigfoot was 16 books. How many ways can you come for Bigfoot? I mean, how many more books do you think she has left in her? She wrote at least three more. So she's very prolific. And I am definitely in the wrong line of work. Absolutely. Um, I could I feel like I could write some some Bigfoot porn. Yeah. I mean, just the descriptions of come in in Bigfoot's fur alone could be just uh, a goldmine. I mean, we may find out by researching further, but. What is Bigfoot's cum like? Well, we've never seen it. <laughs> so no one knows. No one knows. So we could absolutely you know, find out. But um, this type of erotica actually has its roots way, way, way back in ancient Greece. It's not something that happened just with the internet age. Centuries old tales of sexual encounters between humans and mythical animals and creatures can be found in ancient Greek myths. And I don't know a lot about Greek mythology. We studied it very briefly in school, but I was really busy doing things like having sex. Ah, (laughs) So that I was not into that. (laughs) Didn't really go, go into Greek mythology, but I bet you know a bit about it. Absolutely. So I was not busy having sex in high school. So I, of course, know a bit more about Greek mythology. And it's true. Greek mythology has a very lush history of people turning into things, animals mostly, but also things. Zeus himself has on several occasions turned himself into a swan, an eagle, Mm. a bull, all, you know, relatively mundane creatures for the purposes of seducing or carrying away people. And then it gets a little stranger from there. The whole origin of centaurs. uh, My favorite mythical beast. Right. Came from Centaurus, who was in turn the product of someone having sex with a cloud that Zeus conjured up to look like Hera, because he was curious if this person would actually have sex with Hera. So he he basically created a a duplicate. Okay. And then... uh, Like a cloud real doll. Yeah, a cloud real doll. Exactly. And this person had sex with a cloud and somehow impregnated it. I'm not sure how that works. And the offspring of that was Centaurus, who in turn went on to have sex with a bunch of horses. That's why we have half horse, half people. Okay, couple things. There is a rather disturbing documentary about people who have sex with horses that I did watch. I can't, of course, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's chilling. (laughs) I don't recommend it. But also, why would Zeus need to turn himself into a swan? Don't people just want to fuck Zeus? He's a god. Like, why does someone want to fuck a swan? It's always unclear in these things. Uh, He was trying to escape from, I think in that case, it might have been an eagle or something. I don't know why Zeus was afraid of an eagle. That I don't remember. But he was trying to escape from an eagle and turn himself into a swan to seek refuge with this woman and ended up, depending on who you ask, seducing or coercing. Given ancient Greece, it was probably a little more the latter. Right. I don't know. I don't know why it was necessary to turn oneself into an animal. And it gets weirder from there because other histories in Greek mythology have people turning into trees and then getting pregnant and giving birth. I don't know how that works. Zeus at one point turned himself into a rain of gold to get into bronze 
prison where this woman had been locked away so she couldn't bear offspring. We could do probably a whole podcast about the weird erotica of ancient yeah. Greece. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is historical. It's, it's cultured, yo. <laughs> it's cultured, unlike Sasquatch, which, of course, was not present in ancient Greece right. as far as we know. Exactly. But um, I do want to give a shout out to the OG golden shower, Eudemansus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Um, Sasquatch tales have been around for a while. We've all seen that, that, that footage. But Sasquatch erotica has been around for a while. So, for example, 1977, which is the year I was born, there was an erotic paperback published called Nights with Sasquatch. And it is, and I quote, an explosive ordeal of rape and revenge written by John Cotter and Judith Frankel. There was also a, I don't want to say live action, but I guess a live action porn in 1981 called The Geek, about a group of hitchhikers who have an unexpected and sexy encounter with Bigfoot. I kind of want to get my hands on that. I, you know, I have actually... Have you I, seen that? I have not seen it. I've come across it as something I could have clicked on and watched, but I didn't. And now um, I regret that. I think you need to. So there are lots of authors writing Bigfoot porn, but perhaps the oddest author is the person I want to talk about today. And his name, and it sounds like the name of someone who would write Bigfoot erotica is Denver Riggleman. <laughs> this is a real person. I'm sorry, Riggleman. Riggleman. Okay. He is a former United States representative, and he represented Virginia's 5th Congressional District and was elected in November of 2018. He served until recently, until he was defeated in his re-election bid in 2020. And prior to that, he was a 15-year Air Force veteran working in intelligence, a CEO, and the owner of a distillery. So this is what this man's up to. He's a busy guy, but he found time to pen his love of Bigfoot. So let me tell you about this absolutely bonkers congressional race that he ran in 2018. The name of his opponent. Are you ready? I'm not making this up. Is it better than Riggleman? It's better than Riggleman. I'm not making this up. This is a real person. This is her real name. She's also a veteran investigative journalist and mother of the actress Olivia Wilde. No way. Yes. And her name is Leslie Cockburn. <laughs> the Cockburn Riggleman contest. No matter who wins, we all we win. We all win. So here's what happened. She was trying to get a leg up in the race, as as you do. She tweeted on July 29th, and this is a direct tweet. It is po it's poetry. My opponent, Denver Riggleman, running mate of Corey Stewart, was caught on camera campaigning with a white supremacist. Now he has been exposed as a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. This is not what we need on Capitol Hill. Like, the white supremacist thing wasn't enough. I mean... Okay, actually, that that's kind of <laughs> genius, because you figure that the people who would not be swayed by someone running alongside uh, a white supremacist might actually be swayed by something as deviant as Bigfoot erotica. Well, it gets better. The tweet was accompanied by a screenshot of... Denver Riggleman's Instagram. Um, it was accompanied by a crude drawing of a very buff and handsome Bigfoot with a sizable sensor bar over his big foot. And the drawing was posted to his Instagram as a mock-up for a cover of the book that he had in progress that he was writing entitled The Meeting Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him. Is this maybe some self-insert fantasy? A little bit of Gary Stew? It might be he fashions himself as a little bit Bigfoot. I don't know. We'll get we'll get into the, the psychology of why people like Bigfoot porn a little bit. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. But yes, the mating habits of Bigfoot and why women want him. This is a real thing that happened. 
These are the people that we are electing into our House of Representatives. This is a real thing. So he did actually write a book about Bigfoot. It was a non-erotic book he co-authored back in 2006. It was called Bigfoot Exterminators, Inc. The Partially Cautionary, Mostly True Tale of Monster Hunt. It's a work about the people that look for Bigfoot. Um, his interest in the Bigfoot subject also led to a number of posts on social media that appear to be focused on the size of Bigfoot's genitalia, the makeup of it, what it looks like, what it feels like. He just was really interested in that part of Bigfoot's anatomy, including a now-deleted Facebook author page. He went so far as to make a Facebook author page for the Mating Habits of Bigfoot book. So, unfortunately, these social media posts about Bigfoot have been lost to time. He has deleted them. People did not think to archive those or get screenshots because, I mean, who, who could have guessed that this was going to blow up like this? I mean, you've got to figure that if someone posts something that batshit insane, someone is going to screenshot it. And yet the internet... I feel, has let us down in a very big way. The internet's really let us down. So, of course, this is a huge story. This is like, this is going to turn the race, right? The white supremacy thing wasn't enough. He's a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. This is how we're going to get him. So, of course, he denied it. He told the Washington Post that he has no interest, and I quote, he has no interest at all in Bigfoot erotica, and he characterized Cockburn's accusations as ludicrous. We're stunned by it, is what he said. However, he did have to admit to writing the 2006 book, but he said it was a big joke. It was a spoof. It was a goof, uh, like a long-running inside joke between him and his Air Force buddies. Uh, But then he went on to do this absolutely bonkers, and you can see this if you YouTube it. He did an interview with CRTV's Kibbe on Liberty show, in which he discussed the religious war that is going on between the different types of Bigfoot believers. I'm sorry. You said there is a there religious, is a religious war. war going on between the different types of Bigfoot believers. Okay. Okay. Uh, so tell us about the different sects of Bigfoot sex. <laughs> so there is one group of Bigfoot believers that hold that Bigfoot might be able to use psychic terror vibes against its victims to make you run through the woods and crash into trees and that would then permit bigfoot to forcibly impregnate you and said he was proud he was proud to fought for the rights of americans to believe in whatever bigfoot they want (laughs) even for example a gluten intolerant bigfoot a gluten intolerant bigfoot yes (laughs) he went on to say and i quote these are good people they're smart They're intelligent, and they want Bigfoot to be with them. And I think that's a noble pursuit. Wow. We will link this in the socials. You have to see it. It is absolutely amazing. That, that is a flex right there. Yeah. Think about it. Why would, why would Bigfoot be gluten intolerant? What evolutionary purpose would that serve? Well, I What does Bigfoot eat? I mean, you figure that out there in the forest, you're probably eating... Well, so I don't know if Bigfoot is traditionally seen as an omnivore or a carnivore or an herbivore. Um, Is he paleo or is he keto? Like, what diet is Bigfoot? Right, yeah, I don't know if this has been explored. And maybe there's another religious war about Bigfoot's diet. Uh, (laughs) Probably these people have imagined what Bigfoot's diet might be uh, simply to try and imagine what Bigfoot's sperm might taste like. I have ideas. I I think it's woodsy. Woodsy. Very herbal. Okay, you know what I think uh, Bigfoot cum tastes like? 
Fernet. I think it Fernet tastes Branca. like Fernet. Yeah, mm. I think so. With maybe a Bitter. little bit of Chinar in there. <laughs> Chinar. Chinar. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bottle of Chinar sitting behind us. Yeah, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty bad. I don't think you'd tasted it before about a week ago. Yeah. This is, a, this is probably one of the most colorful races. I don't know how in 2018, I think I was trying to take a hiatus from politics. And this is, you know, this is a niche race in Virginia. I don't know anyone from Virginia at the time. And uh, just wasn't on my radar. And I regret that. I want to go back in time to, to see this unfold in real time. So I did actually catch wind of this, but I remember the political landscape of 2018 was so dire, (laughs) dire and absolutely nuts that at the time I was just like, I have too many other things vying for my attention. I can't pay attention to this. Right. So I'm glad that we got the chance to revisit this and thank you for for delving into it and uh, really kind of taking us down the, the Bigfoot hole, so to speak. Well, there's a whole lot of people going down the Bigfoot hole, that's for sure. Any of you who know Bad Erotica, the godfather of Bad Erotica, Mr. Chuck Tingle. Oh, um, man Of himself. course, as this was unfolding, everyone turned to him for guidance and for, for you know, sound bites. Because he's he himself had written some Bigfoot Erotica. But he published a book in response to uh, to this race. And he's known for these just wonderfully luscious titles. The title of the book was... Don't vote for Virginia congressional hopeful Denver Wiggleman because he is full of hate, not because Bigfoot makes him hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle is off limits. He's just too good at what he does that we we can't read Chuck Tingle. Yes. Yeah. We we have a strict no Chuck Tingle policy, not because we don't respect the author. We really do. He's the Um, master of his craft. But yes, I, I feel like he is uh, kind of on a, a level unto himself. Absolutely. Despite all of this, of course, Riggleman went on to win the congressional seat. Or maybe because seat. of this. Or maybe because, yeah, you're right. It could be because of this. He defeated Cockburn <laughs> 53 to 47. So not exactly a landslide, but not close. So the tale of Riggleman continues, though. Oh, there's um, more. Well, there's more. Uh, well, it's true that he's odd. An odd man and a Republican. He was not a total bad guy. Um, he ended up being ousted in his re-election bid in 2020 after being censored by his own party for basically not being enough of an asshole. Branded him a rhino. Okay. He was the sole Republican congressman to denounce QAnon. Really? The only one. He actually co-sponsored a 2020 U.S. House resolution, 1154, condemning QAnon and rejecting the conspiracy theories it promotes. He also is one of the co-authors of the Network Contagion Research Institute, affiliated with Rutgers, report called The QAnon Conspiracy, Destroying Families, Dividing Communities, Undermining Democracies. And he wrote this before the January 6th storming of the U.S. Capitol. Are, However, yes. here's, what he's, here's what he wrote. So he's not only, uh, he doesn't only pen Bigfoot erotica, but he said, when ideas of, or fantasy are weaponized... There is a metamorphosis from harmless, bizarre theories to a dangerous bloom of tribalism and dehumanization of others. This bloom expands digitally from person to person, absorbing and then converting a tribe that believes alternate realities based on a directed stream of algorithmically and group-targeted data, ignorant analytical white papers, memes, ideas, and coded language. Wow. Okay. So, and and as someone who has at least written something, whether or not the uh, work in question was actually something he was working on, he did 
write the, what was it that he, he published? It was the 2006, uh, he co-authored it. And oh, it co-authored. was called Bigfoot Exterminators, Inc., the partially cautionary, mostly true tale of Monster Hunt. Okay, so this is a man who has actually like published something, done some creative work, and yeah. so he perhaps has a better grasp than many others in his field of how ideas can spread. Yes. It makes me very sad that the mating habits of Bigfoot doesn't actually exist. Yet. This could have been a masterwork of Bigfoot erotica. One other thing that caught him censored is he performed a same-sex wedding. <gasps> the horror. The horror. And that was, of course, far worse than the Bigfoot erotica. Oh, I yes. Mean, the, uh, so this is actually painting a picture of someone that I'm starting to become sympathetic to. A little bit, except for the whole campaigning with white supremacists. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very conflicted, but definitely not as stark as I, I thought he would be. I, yeah, I was very surprised, let's say, when I went and read his Wikipedia page. And, you know, the whole thing about drawing the Bigfoot with the giant penis and kind of having this long running joke with his uh, Air Force buddies. I kind of want to hang out with him a little bit. I do want to ask him about the white supremacist stuff, mm-hmm. but I do kind of mm-hmm. want to hang out with him a little bit. Yeah. No, that is absolutely concerning still, for sure. Yeah. So he's ousted because he denounced QAnon and wasn't a Republican enough, I guess. That's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. Oh, <laughs> we goodness. can't, we don't do the political podcast. That's. I mean, no. we're about one step away at this point. We, we are. Well, you know, everything is political. The political is woven into everything, even Bigfoot erotica. Well, erotica is literature. Literature is art. Art is political. 100%. 100 P, as the kids say. Do they? No, they don't. I don't think they do. <laughs> well, it is it is sad that we can't read any excerpts from the mating habits of Bigfoot. However, there are numerous Bigfoot erotica titles that exist on Amazon that you can peruse. And I found a couple that are just delightful. Oh, my. Um, okay. The first one is called Seduced by Bigfoot and Ravaged by the Yeti, The Secret Adventures of a Fertile Housewife. I I love that it was deemed absolutely necessary to have the word fertile in there. Right. By Ava Roche Posey. <laughs> Posey. Ava Roche Posey. <laughs> Ava Roche Posey. Oh, okay. That sounds that sounds better. Poesy means poetry. Oh, right. okay. What is uh? What does everything else mean? Well, Ava is a name, right? Uh, Hosh, um That's gonna mean something. It probably does, but it's more often a name as well. There's also a cosmetics line that I use called Roche Poesie. There's also oh oh really? Yes. Well, that's probably where the pen name came from. I'm guessing it is. Okay, okay. So when uh, I'm it gonna, all comes together now. What I'm gonna read you is just the the description. Of the book itself. Oh, not even an excerpt from it's the book, not just even the description. Excerpt, just a description. It's delightful. Five furry stars for this super smutty story of two dirty old monsters having their way with a bored little housewife. Brady Bradford was a typical small town housewife in rural Vermont until one day a beast from deep within the forest smelled how fertile and desperate she was, eager to leave her dull life. And more than eager and willing to serve, she accepted being owned by Bigfoot and regarded as his human slave. Until one day, a Yeti appears and steals her away. Dun, dun, dun. What will the Yeti do to Betty? Will Bigfoot seek revenge? Will Betty become pregnant with the beast's child? 
This is volume one of a very dirty, erotic, thrilling, and explicit series exploring Betty's new life being owned by beasts. <laughs> Bent over by Bigfoot, Bigfoot Bang Bang, book one by Maggie Lent. Okay. <laughs> so, so three things. Three things here. First of all, I appreciate the utter chutzpah of naming her Betty specifically just so you can have the Betty line. Betty and Yeti. Yes. That's genius. <laughs> this is why they're making the big bucks and we're toiling away at this small podcast. <laughs> because who who could have thought that? I do want to um, make a slight correction before we delve into this. Bent Over by Bigfoot, Bigfoot Bang Bang, is a whole other series by another author. That's oh. just another title. Bang okay. Over, yes. Because that was actually point number three. Uh, <laughs> Bigfoot Bang Bang. I mean, it, it still stands, but it. When I hear Bigfoot Bang Bang, like invariably, what comes to my mind is the children's series series Chitty Chitty, Chitty, Chitty Bang, Bang Bang. Bang. Yes. Yeah, and now I've got this hideous mental crossover in my mind: Bigfoot and Chitty and Betty and Yeti, and I think I'm going to have some very interesting dreams tonight. What? And <laughs> will the Yeti? What will the Yeti do to Betty? If it's in shitty, it won't be shitty. Um, second point, returning to point number two, mm-hmm. I love how apparently there is the need to stress repeatedly that this book is dirty. It's dirty. It's, it's dirty. Muddy. It's thrilling. We wouldn't have gotten that otherwise from no. the description. No. Also, I want to read you the the tags under which you can find like the themes: monster romance. Okay. Monster erotica. Of course. Paranormal erotica. Naturally. MMF. Supernaturally. Humiliation. Of course. I mean, that goes with the whole being owned by and and slave thing, right? Also, um, Yeti versus Bigfoot. Yeti is the abominable snowman, correct? That's what a Yeti is? Okay, so my knowledge of cryptozoology is sadly lacking. I didn't take that course in my liberal arts college. Uh, and so you I don't should know... Have, you should have taken that instead of the underwater basket weaving. I don't know what the difference between Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, and the Abominable Snowman are. I believe that Bigfoot and Sasquatch are the same thing. They're just different names for the same thing. And I do believe Yeti and Abominable Snowman are the same thing as well. I could be wrong. Uh, Listeners, school us if we're wrong. But I believe that you find this in cultures where it's basically the same type of monster or cryptid and they call them different things. And they occur, you know, just like when people say they see aliens and they all look the same. They have that same kind of look. Everyone has their Sasquatch, every, you know, or their Bigfoot. We all have a Sasquatch inside us. We all have a Sasquatch. (laughs) Some of us really want a Sasquatch inside us. (laughs) Some of us are willing to pay upwards of $30,000 a month so that this woman can write about the Sasquatch inside of us. Some of us might be willing to pay $30,000 for real Sasquatch. I'm surprised I'm not inside a Sasquatch right now. (laughs) So that, yeah, I may have to, I may have to read that one. But that looks amazing. Um, The other book that I ran across that just, I can't even express to you the delight I felt when I found this one. And you'll see why in a minute, kid, because it's the intersection of so many things I love. Okay. This one is called Trapped and Spread in Bigfoot's Cabin. Paranormal Monster Erotica by Layla Sparks. Okay, so we have a very, we're going to start with a very, very um, brief excerpt from the book. 
I slowly moved my leg away from Bigfoot, not wanting to be torn to pieces. I wasn't sure what he was capable of. His eyes then went dark in anger. He let out another low roar. Okay, okay, I said. You can play a little. Just don't eat me. His eyes then took a quizzical look, listening to my soft voice against his roar. His face was covered in long, black fur, covered in light dust from the mountains. All right, let's get into the synopsis. And this is just, I'm so delighted. An Amish woman who goes on a cabin trip with her family gets lost in the woods. Allison comes across a creature in the woods that she'd only heard about in legends. Little does she know, her life would change forever from an experience she'd never known. Will she go back to her family? Or will she stay with the beast who's shown her things she'd never forget? Amish. Amish. Um, Amish. One thing about me that, um, that, you, that you listeners don't know is I am completely, completely fascinated by the Amish. I am an amateur Amish scholar. Um, that is the, you hear people say, well, what is that one subject you can talk about for 30 minutes without notes? Amish. Easy. I am a, just completely obsessed. I've read, I have read countless Amish romance novels in my time. Well, that has to be another episode. Um, I did check and there is Amish erotica. Of and I didn't know, and that is absolutely going to be uh, a future episode. But I, I just love this so much. This innocent, young Amish, very fertile, probably. Well, we don't know because it's not in the title. Most certainly a virgin. Right. I mean, I I think that goes without saying. She goes to a cabin trip with her family. First of all, I didn't know that the Amish went on vacation. That seems <laughs> against everything in their work ethic. I don't see why not. I have never heard of Amish people going on vacation. That's just not a thing they do. They don't leave. They don't leave their little hamlets and villages. Oh, sure, why not? I mean, any place you can get to by horse-drawn buggy. Who's going to take care of the farm while you're on your Amish cabin your family neighbors? vacation? I'm sorry, but Ezekiel is too busy with his farm to help you with yours. I mean, maybe you could call up Levi. Don't know what he's doing, but he might be off helping the English build cabinets. Like, there's, this is, is not a thing that happens. Is Levi actually an Amish name? Oh, very much so. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a very, very common Amish name. Anyways, I digress. We, we can't get into that. Um, but what I found so um, interesting about this, besides the Amish thing, because I'm just, it, I was delighted. I'm kind of sensing through all of these, all of these Bigfoot erotica books. It's such a common power exchange fantasy that you see in so much porn and so much erotica of the woman just being completely overpowered by this beast and not being able to say no, not being able to help herself and pretending she doesn't like it, but secretly she really wants this beast to just own her. I mean, that's, that's very common in erotica in general. Yes, isn't it? absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is... This is like Beauty and the Beast. Disney's Beauty and the Beast. I'm sorry. That's that is uh that's some very thinly veiled erotica right there. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely it is. You know, it's rough around the edges. I, I think that the original fairy tale from I think it was uh Charles Perrault uh was the original Beauty and the Beast. I could be wrong about that. But was actually an even less veiled sexual metaphor. Someone brought up something about Beauty and the Beast, about how, you know, all of the furniture were servants turned into furniture. Mm -hmm. The teacups were teacups turned into, you know, or 
people service, turn to Dakia. Right. Yeah. But they have that one section where it is shown where he has smashed all the teacups and the furniture in that one wing. Were those people? Oh. <laughs> Were those servants turned into furniture that he killed? Or were, was that actual furniture? And would he in a frenzy be able to tell the difference? Like did all of, surely not all of the furniture used to be people. That's not possible. Right. So the people turned into furniture, but the furniture did not turn into like other stuff. So you've got people who are furniture and you've got furniture that used to be still furniture, right? So presumably if you're about to smash something and it yells, no, please, no. <laughs> Do you think the beast would care? He was real upset. I, I mean, the Disney beast, I'm sure he would care. This is PG after all. I don't know. I, I PG-13, still think, maybe. I still think that the Beast's house was littered with his servants that had turned into household items that he well, smashed in anger. Okay, in which case, what about when all the servants turned back? Well, he was obviously missing a bunch of fucking, like, tea sets. And, well, wow, where did it happen at the armoire in, in Belle's room with all her stuff in it? Now that's a lady. Like, is there stuff on the floor? But like, all, all, like, if he did smash something that was, uh, you know, used to be a servant, like, does that mean that now there's this wing of the castle that has, like, all of these corpses. Dis- <laughs> dismembered corpses? <laughs> that's dark. Right? That's Disney's dark. I and mean, we could do a whole episode about oh, yeah, we could. dark Disney. Yeah, lots of that, but... Going back to the power exchange thing, Mm -hmm. uh, one other thing that I've noticed in these stories that you've described is that uh, another very common theme, I think necessarily so, given the cryptid nature of of Bigfoot, is that abduction is a big thing. Oh, yes. And I'll I'll tell you why that is. Being a woman Mm. who was raised as a woman Mm. um, in a religious setting, your purity is paramount you're not supposed to have sexual desire you're not supposed to have sex or sexual desire you're not supposed to have any of that you're supposed to be this perfect vessel that is just innocent and saves herself for you know the godly man that comes along you're not supposed to do anything nothing no hand stuff no nothing i was not part of one of those churches that said um you know anal sex is fine because you're still a virgin i was not i was not in one of those fuck me in the ass for jesus types no the devil's loophole we were not we were not allowed to use the devil's loophole either so however if you were taken by force you're not you can't be to blame for the fact that sex happened because someone took you by force interesting so i think that's where a lot of this comes from and I think a lot of that, too, in my own sex life um, and in the times that I feel submissive is if it's someone else's idea, you don't have to feel bad about it. Right. To right. a point, of course, because then then it becomes, well, what were you wearing and what were you doing and that whole thing. But right. this fantasy of being taken away by a beast that overpowers you, it's it's very rooted in, you know, you cannot feel sexual desire and you cannot be sexual. But I mean, hey, what am I supposed to do? Bigfoot came and snatched me, <laughs> took me to the forest, and then the Yeti came and snatched me, and then they fought over me, and then they both banged me. It's just, right. you know, I had no choice in the matter. Like, there's no, nobody wants to give women agency over their own sexuality. And that's why I find this particular genre very, very interesting. Mm, mm. Uh, because who can say no to Bigfoot? You're not allowed. You can't. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's a mythical being. Well, look forward to our next book, Betty with the Yeti and the Snatch Watch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right, we're going to be making $30,000 a month here. That's excellent. (laughs) 
All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And uh, join us next time where we may be talking about Amish erotica or Disney erotica or some Greek myths. Greek myths. I, th- there is such a treasure trove of subjects. Uh, erotica is just such a, a wide and fascinating Absolutely. Uh, genre. Just like some housewives, the entire genre is extremely fertile. So fertile. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Here at the Interlude Podcast, we love tops and subs. That's topics and subscribers. Is there something you'd love to hear us talk about on a future episode? Email us at interlude at wholeassproductions.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-L-E-W-D. Or find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at interludepod. Pod.